0: R moved ahead of him. His rented car was one row away from the old man's Peugeot. The old man would now sit and eat his Tartosmont before driving back to the monastery. Two days ago R had driven along that road, picking his spot at a place high up, where there was a sharp turn, a deep ravine on the left, and a rocky promontory on the right. R's rented car was hot as an oven. Sweating, the car doors open, He unzipped his briefcase and looked inside at the sheet of paper with its typewritten message, and then at the revolver. He put the briefcase on the passenger seat, leaving it unzipped. At last he saw the cake wrappings thrown out of the Peugeot's window and heard the engine come to life. R followed the Peugeot out of Salon in a line of traffic, slow as a funeral procession. Four miles out of town, R moved ahead. As his car climbed up to the first bend in the road, the little Peugeot, innocent as a mouse, came into the trap. R then accelerated, driving recklessly to get well ahead and prepare his move. After a further two miles, he came to the sharp bend in the road, the steep ravine on the left. At this point, the monastery was only a mile away. R drove off onto the rough shoulder and opened the bonnet, propping it up to show that he had engine trouble. He reached into the front seat, took his open briefcase and went out into the centre of the road where he stood waiting. In the empty landscape of this high desert, all was deathly still. The sun beat down on the rocks like a punishment. He listened. At last he heard the slow complaint of the motor as the little white Peugeot climbed into view. Ah licked his lips, but his lips stayed dry. The little car was now only thirty yards away. He waved his briefcase and saw the Peugeot slow down, then come towards him at a crawl. He creased his face in a smile and walked up to the car. "'Sorry,' he said. "'But you see—' He pointed to his car. "'Are you going to the monastery? "'Can you give me a lift?' The old man looked out at him and nodded. There was no air conditioning in the little Peugeot, so all the windows were open. R went up to the car. He reached into his briefcase and took out the gun. The old man, his face expressionless as a statue's, looked back at him, looked at the gun, then without haste pointed a heavy black revolver out of the car window, holding it with both hands. Firing, firing. R felt the shock of the first bullet in his chest. He fell as the second bullet struck him again in the chest. His revolver dropped from his fingers, skidding across the white dusty road. The old man opened the front door of the Peugeot, got out, walked stiffly across the road, and with the ease of long experience put his gun to the back of R's head and delivered the coup de grâce. The dead man had fallen on his briefcase. As often happened, when the final bullet was fired at close range, the corpse twitched and shifted position. It was then that the sheet of paper inside the briefcase came into view. It was sticking out of the flap. Monsieur Pierre Brossard went back to the Peugeot and took a pair of yellow kitchen gloves from the glove compartment. He put them on, walked back to the corpse took the sheet of paper out of the briefcase and slipped it unread into his side pocket. He then picked up the revolver that had been dropped on the road and put it with the briefcase back in the dead man's car. Summoning all his strength, he took hold of the corpse by the ankles. There was a lot of blood. It left tracks on the road as he pulled and tugged the body towards the car. He didn't know if he'd have the strength to lift the corpse into the front seat. It took time but he managed. He listened, all quiet. He leaned in beside the corpse and, careful not to get blood on his clothes, took the dead man's wallet. There was also a passport, a foreign one. He put them into his side pocket. The car keys were in the ignition. He leaned in and started the car's engine. Then he put the car in gear pulled off the dead man's shoe, jammed it against the accelerator.